Now it's time for a plant fact. Roses are one of the oldest ornamental plants in cultivation, with a history going back over 5,000 years. The philosopher Confucius wrote about them, and Roman emperors treated their guests to dining on carpets of rose petals, with thousands more raining down from above. Become a part of this epic history by planting a proven winner's rose. Just look for the white containers at your local garden center, or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. everyone. This is Patty Conklin and Healing Within. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest, Dr. Lori Nadell. Um, we've got an exciting show for you today, and I'm just so thankful that you're a part of it and listening in. Um, Dr. Nadell and I are going to be speaking about overcoming fear, and it's a topic that uh, I think a lot of people have issues with and, and uh, have challenges with. So we're going to get to that for in, in a minute, <clears throat> but I'd like to remind you about uh, Dr. Nadell and how amazing she is. Um, Dr. Lori Nadell is a specialist in acute stress, trauma, and anxiety issues. Her award-winning book, The Five Gifts, Discovering Hope, Healing, and Strength When Disaster Strikes, with a foreword by Dan Rather, was voted one of the best books of 2018 by the prestigious Libra Library Journal. She is also the author of the four-time bestseller, Sixth Sense, Unlocking Your Ultimate Mind Power, which was featured twice on Oprah. 
She's been a guest on Dan Rather's America and Coast to Coast AM with George Nury. So, Lori, thank you, as always, for joining me. Thank you for having me as your guest. I just, I love having you. And uh, we're going to make it a monthly here. So I'm uh, looking forward to that because your insight is always so impactful and so helpful. And and, uh, overcoming fear is is something that a lot of... uh, a lot of individuals truly struggle with. So I just think it's one of those important topics that we talk about here at Healing Within because it's really all about healing inside and healing as we heal ourselves, we can help others heal just by being. We don't really even have to do anything. Um, The more that we heal inside, the more that our energy um, goes outward and just uh, makes everyone else around us a little bit more calm. So let's talk for a few minutes about overcoming fear. You know, one of the uh, acronyms I use for fear is is forgetting every available resource. And yeah. um, and that's that, that heart center, the piece of the universe inside of all of us that we tend to forget about sometimes uh, when we're going through fear that we have so much capability all on our own. How do you, how do you view, view fear? Well, I, I see fear as uh, part of the anxiety spectrum. Uh, it's actually, I think fear and anxiety are almost interchangeable. And interestingly, the, it's connected to intuition. Uh, research shows that people who are intuitives in the Myers-Briggs personality inventory which is the most widely used uh, inventory in the world. Uh, millions of people have taken it. Uh, people who, who report out as intuitive have more fear, have more anxiety. And, and that's because uh, Carl Jung said that intuition is the ability to see around the corner. And when we have fear, the, the mind goes around the corner and it creates a movie or a flash frame or a commercial of something which is so terrifying that the body believes it's already happened. Mm. And so the engine gets flooded with stress hormones and we get paralyzed or we become immobile or we become unable to access what you just expressed so beautifully, which is the, uh, the resources of the heart. Right. Right. I know that of course I, map out as an intuitive on the Myers-Briggs, no, no surprise there. Um, fear is not something I experience that, that I would say I experience. However, anxiety, um, when I'm not at work, um, when I'm working, traveling, all of that, um, I never experience anxiety. But if I want to go into a restaurant by myself, um, anxiety hits massively. And I would I would not classify it as fear, although I agree with you, they're very interconnected. So what what makes more if we if we do separate them and say, you know, fear is being able to look around the corner as an intuitive anxiety is is maybe feeling others before you go into a place like a restaurant. Um, what's what's the difference? What am I experiencing? Well, I think it's a question of degree. Um, I think that, you know, anxiety or social anxiety, and I have to agree, going into restaurants alone uh, for some reason is a little unsettling. Uh, I, I think especially as women alone, uh, we, we 
tend to kind of wonder what you know people are going to see us eating alone and wonder you know why is that person eating alone that the mm. mind kind of spins off uh, certain scenarios that are uncomfortable and I guess the difference is that you know anxiety unless it's if it's severe anxiety then we go into total lockdown and right. when we have fear um, there's also a kind of lockdown uh, we feel helpless mm. and when we feel helpless uh, we we tend to construct or project these uh, again the, these kind of movies or these scenarios of horrible things that could happen. For example, uh, somebody who has fear of riding in an elevator will be projecting that the elevator is going to stall or the elevator is going to crash or you know something horrible is going to happen uh, because they have claustrophobia and they can't be in an enclosed space with other people. So mm -hmm. I would say fear is really an intense kind of a lockdown uh, on the same spectrum as anxiety, which uh, normally is it, it's uncomfortable unless it really ratchets up and becomes uh, like a phobic kind of reaction. Right. I know that, uh, and all I can do is is speak for myself because you know I experience that anxiety um, when I'm looking at things I've never done before. Um, there's an exhilaration, and so I never go into fear. It's always it's always. Um, you know, that S-H-I-T effect. Um, you know, my, my sister used to say, you know, you could be in the biggest barrel of it and you always come out smelling like a rose. And, and I'd say that's because the barrel was never horrible. It was how do I figure out the next step to get myself out of that? And, and the exhilaration would start. Anxiety for me, I can sit in my car and cry for a half hour before I go into a restaurant and have to remind myself that it's simply anxiety and that and that I'll be okay and and like you said whether it's that anxiety of you know sitting alone um having people look quote look at me um and yet I never experience it once I walk out the door and I've got my suitcase in hand or my briefcase in hand and I'm in work mode would never even occur to me go well, into a restaurant, whatever. Um, it's that personal aspect. Well, I think it's, it's really interesting. Firstly, it's contextual and, um, you know, and, and it's very personal because what, what, what uh, causes fear in you might not cause fear in another person. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that uh, what you just said about, you know, being excited and um, kind of being pumped up or, be, you know, getting, getting a charge out of working your way or navigating through a critical situation or a crisis, um, right. I think is something that's that's very important. Some of us, uh, and I'm like you, I'm wired up to go into. Uh, I get very calm, I get very centered, mm -hmm. and I go into kind of survival mode. And I say, okay, like you, this is an adventure. Um, you know, you're Harrison Ford. You're hacking through the jungle, and you have to handle, you know, this obstacle and that obstacle. And you just kind of work your way through it with your, you know, with your machete, right? Um, you know, you know, without without harming anybody, but doing what you need to do in as respectful way as possible. And sometimes after that, um, I can be overwhelmed, not so much with fear but with a, a kind of flooding of, of stress hormones later, uh, years later, that can produce a flashback that will have me re-experience the feeling of terror 
that I didn't experience in the moment. So interesting. Interesting. It can be very tricky that way because years later, of course, you've already navigated through the situation. You came out, you were successful, but in order to get through the situation, we tend to put our, we lock our fear or anxiety in a drawer and we just say, I can't deal with this now. I can't deal with this now. I have to survive. I have to make decisions. You know, I have to walk through the fire. And then years later, when you're feeling safe and calm, the drawer can just fly open and suddenly you're, you're experiencing a cascade of all of the chemicals of those emotions because all of our emotions are stored as molecules in the limbic system, which is the part of the brain that we call the emotional brain. It holds, uh, it's where emotions originate, and it also holds all of our memories as uh, emotional memories as molecules, or as William James said, kind of like beads on a necklace. And mm-hmm. when we activate you know, a particular fear, then all of the times in our life when we have experienced that same fear, kind of imagine like a nuclear fission where each one of those beads gets reactivated and we get flooded with the chemistry of each of those particular events and experiences. And that can cause us to go into in moments of intense fear, even though you know it's not a reasonable fear because the threat has already been resolved. Right, right. And so, you know, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on, in terms of where we store our emotions, because I think they go into the cells within the body and kind of store in different areas, not just the limbic. But what you're proposing is a really interesting dichotomy, because you're looking at, you know, you know, if we get in a situation that's out of our norm, um, you and I just soldier through it and get it done and get calm and and uh, reach the other side where if i'm going into a restaurant and i cry for a half hour until i go into the restaurant once i get in there i'm okay i want to talk about how those reverse in the future when we come back from our break and uh and look at how those two completely reverse as time goes on so let's talk about that when we come back you're with patty conklin and dr Lori nadell at healing within we'll see you in just a moment It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes, and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes. Now it's time for a plant fact. Everyone loves lilacs, but there's more to them than meets the eye. Their scientific name is syringa, which derives from the Greek word syrinx for panpipes. This is because their stems are filled with a spongy pith that can be removed and the hollow wood played like a flute. 
You can get your own lilac or any of the award-winning Proven Winners flowering shrubs at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Now it's time for a plant fact. Roses are one of the oldest ornamental plants in cultivation, with a history going back over 5,000 years. The philosopher Confucius wrote about them, and Roman emperors treated their guests to dining on carpets of rose petals, with thousands more raining down from above. Become a part of this epic history by planting a proven winner's rose. Just look for the white containers at your local garden center, or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Pets, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Shamanic healing is the key to personal empowerment. Why? All four levels of our being physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, must be addressed for us to enjoy balanced, healthy, abundant lives. Yet there are few provisions for spiritual or energetic healing. Shamanism, found at the root of all cultures, is a very effective spiritual healing modality. To find quality shamanic healing you can trust, regardless of where you live, look no further than find your Path Home Long Distance Shamanic Healing Program. All Path Home Long Distance Healing Practitioners have been trained and certified through Path Home Shamanic Art School. Change your life. Live abundantly. Schedule a long-distance shamanic healing session with Gwilda Wiecka or one of her quality practitioners today at findyourpathhome.com. everyone. You're with Patty Conklin and Dr. Lori Nadell on Healing Within. Thank you so much for listening in today. We're talking about overcoming fear and the um, connection between fear and anxiety and, and so many different emotions. But, you know, Lori, one of the, one of the things that we were talking about um, in the last segment about fear and anxiety, um, we're both the kind of people that when we get in a crisis situation, um, we kind of look at the overview very quickly. We calm down, we take care of what needs to be done and we get through it. And, and on the other hand, for anxiety, for me, um, going into a restaurant, I'm going to use that because that's really about the only time I think I experience anxiety. Um, I will, I will get to a point where I can cry about the fact of going in and being seen and sitting by myself and so on and so forth. What's interesting to me is that when 
let's go down the road two years. And you were talking about the fact that that while we handle things in the moment, um, trauma, the the fear that we didn't experience in the moment of a crisis um, comes to the surface. And I'm assuming we would add that as post-traumatic stress. However, if I'm if I'm looking at anxiety and going into a restaurant, when I come out of the restaurant, um, my response may be to my body, see, that was just no big deal. And I never think of it again. So so the anxiety in working through it before I go into it um, doesn't seem to have a residual for me. But when we're in a crisis situation now, I have to be honest to say I've never experienced a post-traumatic after a crisis. And I think I've been in fairly good few many uh, crisis, but not like you, not like going through 9-11 or Parkland shooting or, or Hurricane Sandy. Talk to me a little bit about that, about how, how the, the fearful trauma comes up after the event while you're still calm and holding it together during the event. Well, I think that's very interesting, and I, I can share with you that uh, when when uh, I had uh, four feet of the intracoastal in my living room, and mm-hmm. my washing machine and my couch were bobbing around like uh, you know, like they were just little rubber duckies, and I was I was actually filled with awe at the power of mm-hmm. nature and the power of the Holy Spirit and forces greater than we were, and I. Uh, I was completely calm and at peace. It was actually kind of, it was a spiritual experience for me. And uh, I was able then, uh, as I was going through the difficulties and obstacles of being lied to by the government and uh, by unscrupulous vendors and contractors and the bank that confiscated the the insurance settlement, all these horrible things that, and, and I'm mentioning them because millions of us goes through this every day and nobody talks about it because natural disasters are on the increase and the financial trauma that causes us sometimes to lose our home or to go bankrupt because of a natural disaster is an epidemic in this country that's silent and that that is paralyzing uh, for people who have to endure it. And there is really no one addressing this uh, epidemic of fear that comes from losing control over your home and over your life. So as I was working my way through the aftermath, um, I I did have fear that I was going to lose my home and everything that I had worked for or or that I might go bankrupt. But I got through it, uh, I think, very effectively mm-hmm. and ultimately was able to rebuild my, ha- my home and sell it to a young family. Uh, but then... I'm thinking seven years later now, I return to my community and I go back to the apartment that was in my family's, which is 10 feet, it's on the 10th floor and it's not my home and it was not affected by the hurricane. But the day that I walked into that apartment after seven years, uh, it was foggy, the wind was howling at about 40 miles an hour around the apartment and I was shown that there had been extensive water damage because of climate change and because of the ocean having leaked through the, 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 the poor seals in right. the windows. And so there was a, a hole the size of my fist in the sheetrock in the windowsill. And I suddenly felt all of the terror 
that I never felt during the storm. Wow. And I froze and my body went into the state of, of uh, upheaval that took, uh, it, it took a few days for it to calm down. And I was frozen. I was, I was, I was just like frozen as the, whether it's cellular, cellular memory. And I do agree with you that a lot of our emotions get stored in our cells mm -hmm. or whether it was also the uh, molecular chain reaction that right. suddenly got triggered. And I was just flooded with those, those acute stress hormones and my body was shaking, even though I knew that this was completely unreasonable because there was no threat whatsoever. Right. But my, but my body felt it and it was unexpected. Just like there are stories of um, Vietnam veterans or Iraq veterans, they're in the supermarket and, and a soup can falls to the floor and suddenly they're crouched, you know, uh, uh, behind, uh, a, uh, a, they're crouched in an aisle uh, kind right. of hiding behind a, a pile of Kellogg cereal boxes, and they're in uh, position to shoot their their rifle or their machine gun at an unseen enemy because right. the body remembers. And a sudden loud noise can also activate fear molecules that are stored inside of us, even when the fear, even when the actual threat has gone. And so it's it's tricky that way. So when you're talking about the anxiety of going into a restaurant. Part of that is remembered fear that you're 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 remembering. Um, when I went into a restaurant five years ago, I felt the same anxiety. When I went into a restaurant last month, I had the same anxiety. And you're able to kind of coach yourself through it, mm -hmm. and uh, and and that that's very important because the fear of something, the the anticipation of having to do something that's challenging or overwhelming or scary is actually create generates more fear than than actually taking care of that particular event or action and having the behavior to make yourself go into the elevator or go to the go into the restaurant the fear right. of that change is actually worse in terms of the physiology the chemistry than doing the thing that you're afraid of right right and one of the things that i've done throughout the years is made it my mission um, my quote mission um, to at least go into three restaurants a year by myself. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's come up from one uh, from years ago. But like I said, if I'm, if I'm in work mode, if I'm on the road and, um, you know, Delta and I have, have dated, you know, close to, to 3 million miles now between Delta, yeah. I guess, and assorted airlines, um, I never experience it. I, I, I'm in focus, I'm in work mode and so forth, and there's no residual trauma after having gone to a restaurant or being at work or whatever. So I, I find it interesting that our bodies can, um, and like you said, those, those reactors can, can kick up um, depending on what's going on. If I'm in work mode, then I know what's going on. I'm paying attention. I've got situational awareness, so on and so on and so on and so on. Um, and yet it was a challenge and has been a challenge um, in that one little piece. And I wonder how many people um, kind of look at, you know, especially if they're uh, not feeling well. And let's say they've had a, you know, they've had a cold or they, you know, part of their body has been hurting and so forth. And they go into the fear of what if. 
Um, you know, I've always said that, that, um, you know, if a, if a woman calls me and says, I found a lump in my breast and I'm afraid it's cancer, my response typically is going to be, well, do you want to have cancer? Because I know the power of my words and I know the power of, of people respecting my thoughts. And if I said, gee, you know, it looks kind of, you know, sketchy in that area. You know, I'm a little concerned. If she didn't have cancer when she called, chances are if I respond that way, she's going to have cancer by the time she hangs up. So, so that fear of what if, especially when it comes to the physiology of our body becomes very, very powerful. And you know, I encourage people to take a deep breath and say, okay, what is, is now responsibility is to move forward and, uh, and make sure that, you know, you're getting checked out and you're being healthy and talking nicely to your body and thanking it for being healthy and so forth. But how we've only got a little bit left in this segment will carry over, but how, how do we help people not go into that ab reaction of, oh my gosh, it's got to be the worst thing possible? That's a good question. Uh, we, can, we can talk about that when we come back from the break. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an important one because people truly go into the worst case scenario. And you can't blame it on your doctors. You can't blame it on anything other than the fact that you're having a reaction Doctors have to tell you everything they might think is going on because the reality is they're in that catch 22 that if they don't and you end up having the one thing that they didn't mention, um, then they're going to get sued and go into malpractice. So I think it's just this this horrible circle that we've gotten ourselves into uh, from a, a medical standpoint and from a personal standpoint of our fear um, as we as we grow older, as we age, as we go into the you know the baby boom generation, as we get older, um, it's really something to to pay attention to. So we're going to continue this when we come back from our break. This is Patty Conklin and Dr. Lori Nadell, wonderful psychotherapist, and uh, we'll be back on Healing Within in just a minute. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is... Now it's time for a plant fact. Everyone loves lilacs, but there's more to them than meets the eye. Their scientific name is syringa, which derives from the Greek word syrinx for panpipes. 
This is because their stems are filled with a spongy pith that can be removed and the hollow wood played like a flute. You can get your own lilac or any of the award-winning Proven Winners flowering shrubs at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Now it's time for a plant fact. Roses are one of the oldest ornamental plants in cultivation, with a history going back over 5,000 years. The philosopher Confucius wrote about them, and Roman emperors treated their guests to dining on carpets of rose petals, with thousands more raining down from above. Become a part of this epic history by planting a proven winner's rose. Just look for the white containers at your local garden center, or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Is reality as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610 7035 extension 143 and on Skype Exxon Radio TV For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly Rob McConnell visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxontvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. everyone. It's Patty Conklin back with Dr. Lori Nadell and uh, Healing Within. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're talking about overcoming fear and we've been kind of connecting fear and anxiety. Um, and now I want to kind of connect that fear and health, our, our medical situation, not just our psychological or emotional, but, but medical situation. And, and are we just pre-programmed throughout the the centuries to think the worst lori uh, when, well, when something happens i think that uh, in this day and age you know we're we're saturated with and bombarded with so many different uh visual images and um and and too much information on dr google uh which is not necessarily <laughs> accurate information so people are kind of obsessed with, uh, you know, if they have a hangnail, they're going to look it up on Google and then they're going to decide that, oh, it must be some kind of abscess that's going to turn me septic and they end up in the emergency room. So I think that there's a general hysteria around health, especially um, uh, among baby boomers. Uh, anxiety or, or fear, you know, one way to think about it is the disease of the what ifs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some people can be paralyzed uh, about the prospect of walking out of their house because, you know, what if they get hit by a truck or a tree falls on them? And so they'll stay in their house uh, and, and not move. Uh, that's how strong it can be. Mm -hmm. I also think that we have uh, a generational fear of aging. 
and an almost maniacal denial of what happens as we age and that the, the body is designed to age. Yes. Uh, I, I'm going to be 72 and um, there are certain there are certain natural uh, conditions that are happening. And when I discuss them with people and they kind of look at me and they'll say, oh, but, you know, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Well, I, you know, I, I try everything uh, that I think is reasonable. But what I'll say to them is, you know, my body is like an engine that had a 50,000 mile warranty and the warranty expired 22,000 miles ago. Right. And the, right. The, parts, the parts are wearing out, which is what they're designed to do. And I do my best to make the best of it and repair what can be repaired and um, to heal what can be healed and to move on. But there's an organic process here that, you know, and some people will say, well, if, if, you, if you think that way, that's what's going to happen. I said, well, you know, there are people who don't believe in gravity but gravity exists whether you believe it or not. Right, and, right, right. You know, and so I think that you know, with fear, uh, it escalates this denial of uh, the, the realities of, of aging. And the Buddha said that we choose to incarnate into a human form so that we can experience the suffering of being human because that's what accelerates our spiritual growth. Absolutely. And that part of part of what we uh, sign up for, most of us, is to experience what the Buddha calls the suffering of old age, suffering, and ultimately death. Uh, nobody, you know, nobody wants to experience that on a conscious level, but on a soul level, this is what we contracted for when the soul entered human form. And as somebody who you know tries to live, you know, according to the Dharma. Um, I find that very comforting because then I don't I don't fight against things because I don't like what's happening to my muscle tone or I don't like what's happening to my face or I don't like what's happening uh, to my lower spine or, you know, any of those areas that are kind of wearing out. That's right. what they're supposed to do. Right. And we have to adjust our life gracefully around, you know, I mean, I can push myself to exercise, uh, but I can no longer I could no longer windsurf and I could, I could train every day for the rest of my life and lift weights, but I'm still never going to be able to do that again. Right. Right. Uh, and I, be I, a piece I, that you did. Exactly, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Fact, I, think... so I went to a doctor the uh, few months ago and we were talking about, you know, certain, certain things that are going on. And I looked at him and I said, so no more trekking in the Amazon for me. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me, you know, his eyes like bug out. I said, it's, it's just a joke. Yeah. I said, yeah. It's, I said, I'm just joking. I, I know I can't trek in the Amazon anymore, right. but I'm really glad I did it. I'm glad I did it in my forties and fifties. And, you know, it's, 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 it's done. And it's I had done. a great time and wonderful adventures, but, you know, I'm not going to put my life at risk because I'm no longer in condition to be able to do that. Right. That's just accepting things, you know, things that are, that are realistic. And with fear, I think we jump into, you know, the reservoir of unreal possibilities and we, we escalate them. And right. as we, as we, as we, you know, make them, if they're visual, we make them larger, we make them brighter, uh, we make them more colorful and more intense, and the body believes that we're in that that movie, that disaster movie, right. and that our our body is is experiencing 
the worst outcome possible. Right. I, I think that that you stated that really eloquently and, and beautifully that, you know, our bodies, you know, remember 20 years ago when when the phase was, well, I'm going to live to 100 and I'm going to live to 120. Right. And, you know, everybody was on that on that uh, plank of, you know, I'm going to live until 100, 120. And, you know, we do see. Um, some, you know, incredible people at 105, whatever, um, still running, you know, marathons and, and, you know, doing their half mile or their three quarter mile or whatever. And it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful when your body's doing what you enjoy and, and you're, uh, appreciating it. But like you, I would not hike in the Amazon again, you know, I did it in my early forties and that was fantastic and awesome, but, but I wouldn't go at 62, um, just because I remember how, um, how demanding it was yeah, of yeah. my body. And years ago, you know, when I farmed, I could pick up a 50 pound, 50 pound hay bale and throw it up into a second mal window and I could do a thousand in a day. I'm not quite sure I'd pick up one, um, much right. less throw it into a second mal window. But, but I think that part of life is, is overcoming fear and being able to experience all of these different things. So as we age, um, we're able to say, yep, yep, did that, did that, did that, did that. And I think people do a disservice to themselves, honestly, when they're waiting to retire to be able to experience all of this instead of experiencing it as they're younger so that they can get the most out of their bodies. Because as you said, our bodies are designed to at some point um, uh, move on. And, and, you know, the one thing that, that I think about is, is back, and I think it was the Hindus um, that would do this. And correct me, because you, you probably um, much more versed in this. But they knew when the when the soul was ready to leave the body and they would sit up next to a tree and they would simply leave. They didn't have to go through the process of suffering and disease. And sometimes I, I will say and teach that, you know, medical science is awesome, but it also is problematic because we've become so good at keeping people alive beyond uh, what they should or could or whatever, however you want to phrase it, that their quality of life is no longer sustainable. We're just keeping, yeah. we're just keeping ourselves alive. Well, and, I, uh, I see people in hospitals who are just a heartbeat and a brainwave and they're never going to sit up or talk or laugh right. or eat or dance or have a conversation. But biologically, you know, as a bioorganism, they're still mm -hmm. living, and I don't understand, you know, what's the point of that? Why, why does medicine right. do that? Right. I had a, a dear friend who, who passed away uh, Wednesday, um, friend, daughter-in-law of a friend, um, and only 30 years old, and oh. uh, suffered blood clots and was brain dead. And, um, you know, and sitting down at the hospital and just kind of reviewing life, um, and how precious it is to to live every single day and to appreciate every single day and and thinking about her you know two year old daughter who is just you know gonna just have pictures and so forth of her mama um, that every day is is a gift that we're given and uh, especially for us that are in the uh, baby boomer. Um, age range now, it's even more so. And, you know, I, I don't think that I'm being uh, 
depressing or or having down thoughts when I when I say, you know, I didn't feel this way at 50, but at 60 um, and 62, certainly I realized that I'm kind of on the on the uh, other side of the pendulum swing now. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and so it makes even that much more every day more precious um, because it is. And then you see situations of, you know, in the last month, a 30-year-old and 35-year-old who I was very close to uh, both passed away. And, and just realizing that, that if you have fear of living, then you will miss out on all of the incredible, wonderful things you can do every day, uh, which is go outside and breathe and watch the sun and watch the sunrise and watch the sunset and uh, be able to be with family and friends and and make your mark for humanity. Um, And that doesn't mean that you're going to do amazing, incredible things and be world-renowned. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is for you personally to go out and make your mark upon somebody that you're just smiling at at the grocery store, that you're talking to the cashier, that you're talking to, um, you know, the people picking up your trash, and you're just talking to your neighbors, and you're making your mark by being genuine and loving to everyone you come into contact with, because that's an important piece. So when we come back, I want to I want to talk about when fear goes into anger, kind of moving beyond the medical. When when fear goes, and anger end up being uh, quite a toxic cocktail, as you call it, because it truly is. Um, if people don't know how to express their fear, a lot of times they'll go into anger. So you're with Patty Conklin and Dr. Lori Nadell, and we'll be back with you in just a moment on Healing Within. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. 
To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. with Patty Conklin and Dr. Lori Nadell. We're talking about overcoming fear. And uh, we've talked about kind of the emotional aspects and, you know, our, our medical conditions and physical. And I think we're both in agreement that, you know, the, the body is designed at some point to, um, to, to let go. Um, so our soul goes on to our next journey. You know, it's, 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 I want people to remember that, that your time is not necessarily the universe's time. And, and just because you want something doesn't mean that that's what your soul's um, contract is. And your soul may be leaving early. It may end up being able to stay for a long time in this physical form, but let go of things you can't control and, and, and how long you live specifically is not within your control. Your job is to to be healthy and and do the best that you can do according to your beliefs on a day to day basis. But let's talk about Lori when when our fear takes the adjunct of anger and all of a sudden anger 
is uh, manifesting and you know it's it's fear uh, when you see the anger in others but how does that how does that come about just incapable of experiencing the fear and so hormones testosterone stressors whatever then create anger talk to me about that well, I, I would say that, that anger comes from a sense of helplessness. And as we, we talked about before, fear, you know, comes from a sense of helplessness. And very often we cannot control, we can never control what another person thinks or what another person does. I mean, we can try to influence people, but sometimes the, the feeling of helplessness can become overwhelming mm-hmm. and it it will, you know, there, there are two sides of this because anger can be a positive force for social change. If we look at uh, the nonviolent movement and Gandhi, if we look at the civil rights movement, the women's movement, the Me Too movement, uh, the gay rights movement, they, they're all a channeling, a healthy channeling of, of anger in a pot, as a positive force yes. for social change. And so, you know, anger, like electricity, you know, it's kind of has a duality. It's, it's neither good nor bad. It, it's what we do with it that matters. But when you combine fear and anger, which I think is what we're seeing in this country right now, in our society, there's a a fear on the right and on the left that things are not going in the direction that, you know, we want them to go in. And as a collective, that fear of feeling helpless is being channeled or transformed into anger. And Some of that anger is healthy, as I said. You know, the, the uh, you know anger about climate change, for example, has caused caused a global movement to try to address some of the issues that hopefully we can manage, even though you know the forces of nature are greater than humans can control. So I think that sense of of anger and helplessness and fear um, is a reaction to um, not being able to control forces that are greater than we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, when we look at, uh, for example, the, the violence, uh, the sectarian violence, the, um, the religious hatred, the racial hatred that's, that's coming up in this country, um, it's, it's really coming from fear. Um, anger comes from hurting and wanting, and we're usually wanting something to be different, and, or we're wanting someone to uh, see us differently or to value us or to listen to us or to pay attention or to respect us. Mm-hmm. And when we don't get that, we can either, you know, we, we, can, we can go into a fear reaction or we can go into an, an angry reaction and that can be projected in ways that are really not healthy. But as a society, when I look and I see, I, you know, I, I, I read, I read a lot of uh, different news outlets every day, mm-hmm. and the level of anger that is kind of seeping into the media, not just because of what they're reporting, but because of how it's being reported. There's so much opinion being mixed with fact now that the, um, the toxic cocktail of fear and anger is kind of leaking through all of the channels through which we get our information. Right. And the danger is that it, it is like a bacterial infection and that this toxic you know, mixture of fear and anger is kind of leaking into all areas of our culture. And it's now, I think, becoming uh, a mass epidemic. Right. That 
not right. healthy us as a people. As a as a former journalist, I'm sure that you're much more aware than a lot of us uh, in terms of the opinion pieces that uh, take primetime news, it seems like these days. And uh, like you, I read from many different outlets because I want uh, I want to see what everybody's saying, not just one or two channels. Um, but a lot of people don't do that. Where does personal responsibility come into working through your own fear and or, and or anger um, when it comes to things you can't control? Um, you know, I think so much comes back to personal responsibility. And um, and if you're disingenuous as a as a um, opinion host or whatever you want to call it, um, if you're speaking your truth, that's one thing. Um, but if you're being disingenuous just to spin a line, no matter whether it's right or left, I, I'm not taking sides here. Um, where does personal responsibility come into our morality and ethics? And, and how does that, what is, what is our responsibility uh, personally? Well, I don't know if we can answer that. I was going to say, do you want a 30-second answer? I've encapsulated the meaning of life, and I can just retire from being human. There you go. On. There you go. Move on. Yep. <laughs> that is the 30-second, yes. I, yeah, I hear you. The 30-second response. I, I think it all comes down to personal responsibility, but um, you know whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, I, I think that that coming to terms with uh, the difference between what is what is within our responsibility and, and where do we have to kind of give up wanting to control forces that are greater than ourselves. It's, it's mm. finding that balance within right. ourselves so that we know, um, you know, what, what, uh, what they, they call in, in Buddhism, they call, you know, right concentration, right action. In which situations, you know, can our conscience guide us to make, to take right action, yeah. which is nonviolent and and harmless to others, and in which situations do we do we need to kind of address our own fear and our own anger and our own reactions because uh, that's really all we can do. And we we can't affect change in the uh, outer environment necessarily. So right. I think you know there are situations where we really just we. You know, if you're walking through a bad part of town uh, at night, you have to be watchful and you have to be vigilant and you have to be careful. But that doesn't mean that you have to walk around with an AR-15 because you think you might have to blow away half of a block. Right. uh, So so it's really um, taking responsibility in a realistic way for, you know, where are my fears reasonable um, where are my fears unreasonable and irrational? And, you know, just like going into a restaurant or having to, you know, get your car in a parking lot, you know, when they, the lights have gone out in the store and you're walking around in the dark, you know, what can you do to manage your emotions so that you can navigate safely to your destination? Right. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's balancing your emotions and the actual actions that you need to take in the outer world. That is the combination that we're constantly trying to find, especially 
Do you there think so the many- saturation, do you think the saturation though of, of just so much media of, of some, I mean, we're on this show, we're giving our opinions, right? I mean, we're, we're doing what we think is right in yeah. terms of uh, giving our, our thoughts and our points and so forth. But we've gotten so saturated. I, I, I question sometimes, and, and maybe it's, it's not a legit question. I question whether or not people in general take the time to go within to really decide what it is that they think, or are they just being reactionary for the most part? Well, I think that people are so distracted now, and I think it's becoming kind of a global phenomenon that, uh, you know, the average attention span now is, is, at least in this country, eight seconds. And uh, Microsoft did a survey of millions of people, and they found that if something takes more than two seconds to download, that people become impatient. And, um, you know, in my book, The Five Gifts, the five gifts are humility, and humility is what helps us, gives us the grace to accept what we can't control, what mm-hmm. we can't understand. The second gift is patience. And I call that the unbearable gift because none of us really want it. And we don't go within enough. And I I, I include myself in that. Um, We're so saturated, as you said, and bombarded with uh, moving images and visuals from the second you turn on your devices in the morning, you're getting flash frames of things to buy and things to look at and uh, horrible massacres that are going on, you know, in other parts of the country or other parts of the world. Right. and, you know, it, it's just, it's too much for the conscious mind to understand. And so you have two choices. One is to kind of go within and to settle yourself and to allow the unconscious mind to kind of become very calm and very still so that you can kind of um, separate. Uh, you can go into your right. source, go into your heart, and you can yeah. separate from all these distractions it's so important yeah i mean we're gonna we're gonna have to leave it at that on patience um but i i really love you and the folks listening to uh for all of us to just sit with yourself and really feel what you're feeling and what you know and and thank you so much for just taking the time to think and this is patty conklin and dr Lori nadell And we'll catch you next time on Healing Within. Thank you so much for joining.